Thinking about moving to Houston, Texas, you are in the right place. I've got Armando Espinosa right beside me. Say hello, Armando. Howdy, Armando Espinosa here from Houston, Texas. This is Wanna Move There, the show dedicated to all humans. Armando, I used to say uh, Central PAs because uh, I was targeting at people here that wanted to move somewhere else, but then I thought it could apply to anybody across the planet that wants to move to Houston, Texas, or wherever we're talking about. So it's the show devoted to all humans, giving them the information they need to decide whether or not they want to move somewhere else outside of the area they live in. I am your host, Derek Bixler, realtor of 15 years. I grew up on the hill, as we call it, here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, went to Mechanicsburg High School school in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, go Wildcats. And I went up to Penn College in Williamsport, you guessed it, Pennsylvania. So I'm born and raised here, been here my whole life. I uh, had a few sales jobs before I started selling uh, real estate 15 glorious years ago. Buy, if you need to buy or sell a house, please call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. We still need inventory fairly badly here in December. Uh, it's dying down a little bit and we'll talk to Armando about what it's like in his market in a minute. A reminder that whether you are watching live or on a replay, ask a question in the comments, or if you know Armando or myself, hit us up in the comments and say hello and say where you're watching from. And the last reminder is that all the replays will be on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, and on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and all the audio uh, podcast places. So wherever you'd like to get your content, this will be living there. And without further ado, I will bring in Armando Espinoza, realtor in Houston, Texas. Uh, say hello while I bring up your bio. Say hello to everybody and tell us the last movie that you watched. Howdy, it is Armando Espinosa in the beautiful Buffalo Bio City, Space City, as you may have heard it, because we have NASA here. And uh, yes, I am uh, Houstonian through and through, and I love my beautiful city because we come together in times of need and in times of struggle and love. And uh, I am a real estate agent here in Houston and greater Houston and surrounding areas. And uh, yeah, I just love everything about it, Derek. And I thank you so much for having me on, um, telling everybody in the YouTube world and the world about my beautiful city and state. And what was the last movie you watched? Oh, last movie. Um, well, I I love Braveheart. So I, that's one of the, the, I've seen it so many times, but that's always my go-to movie that my, um, I guess my cable network always puts up to suggest a, a Braveheart movie or some kind of action impact. So I'm like, what the heck? Let's watch that again, maybe the, for the 8,000th time. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> we all have a few movies like that that we'll watch. Anytime it's on TBS or one of those channels that replays movies, you'll watch it. Um, and that's a pretty good one. Do you like, like Gladiator and other ones, kind of similar yeah. ones? Gladiator, any type of action, like war or fighting type where they have a cool little story like Gladiator. Um, I like the war movies, like Saving Private Ryan's a really good one uh, with Tom Hanks. And um, but yeah, it's it's and definitely some sporting event uh, sporting movies as well. So if you like the war stuff, this is a, it's not a movie, but a new uh, I think it's World War Two in color or something. It's called on Netflix. It's a series. Yeah. It's a documentary, but I, I got into it. It's like eight episodes long or something. Um, wow. Pretty awesome. You might like that. Uh, and as you mentioned, you grew up in Houston, Texas, so born and raised. Nobody better to learn about Houston than from somebody that's native and still living there. You went to Clear Lake High School. I'm guessing people there know what Clear Lake High School. What's the mascot? Uh, the Falcon, the Mighty Falcon. So All right, the Mighty looks, Falcon. <laughs> it kind of looks like the Atlanta Falcons, but we had the logo first before they came in. Uh, but yeah, Clear Lake is a great town. It's it's such a it's a thriving little city. 
it we we had a bunch of cow pastures now that you know it's turned into neighborhoods we're close to kima the kima boardwalk where we have just a fresh market of everything that comes in from the gulf of mexico and you know not only the regular catfish we have the red snapper we have tuna mahi anything you, know, you want to see in a fine dining restaurant that you can go into the market area and pick up for a quarter of the price than at regular <laughs> at regular stores so wow yeah. and when i bring up the map it'll all that'll make sense because I, I guess i didn't realize how close you were to the gulf i kind of know generally but when you don't live somewhere you don't pay much attention to the place yeah. so admittedly like the uh stereotypical american i don't know much <laughs> about geography and i'm enjoying learning about this uh you went to university of houston so you also went to college in houston and yeah. you went for exercise science and physical therapist assistant your favorite color thank you for changing it up forest green not blue yes. Um, forest green in particular, you like all greens or you like that darker, darker I like that green. darker green. And the reason why I like the green Derek is because I'm a big mountain biker and you're yourself is are an adventurer, right? I always seen your great Instagram pictures of your, and you know, some kind of nature and forest. And I'm the same way. I love nature. I love anything, um, that, you know, could, I could get dirty and, and explore especially in my mountain bike and hiking with my best friend Tito the re and my my rescue dog that I found about four and a half years ago. So we just have a great time. So forest green reminds me of just being out in nature, kind of getting away from the busyness of the city, kind of the background I have here, which I still love. But we also have great green space here in Houston, Texas. That's great. I'm kind of the same way. My official, if you ask me, my official favorite color is still red, I guess, because that was always kind of like my favorite color. But I think it's changed to sky blue and more of a forest green. Just that I love a tree with a nice sky blue behind it. It's it's probably my favorite scene right there. So I'm with you on the forest green. And thanks for changing it up from the blue <laughs> for once. Uh, and your favorite food is Texas barbecue, which definitely makes sense. Uh, is is Texas barbecue a certain way different from like a Carolina barbecue or what makes it different than somewhere else? Well, I've never had, well, I've had Carolina barbecue. It's been a while, but something about Texas barbecue is just so tender here. I mean, all the Texas barbecue spots do it right. Um, and, you know, once you get into your Texas barbecue, then you can kind of niche down. There's like spicy, there's the smoky, there's like where it's burnt in on the on the sides where it's you know very very uh moist on the inside um and, and especially they have to have great barbecue beans with a little bit of onions or maybe some jalapenos in it um and of course the potato salad you can't forget about the uh, potato salad mac and cheese but uh of course the the, the texas brisket is, is great the sausage links the oh my gosh the uh the dino ribs from the cow I mean, it's it's you, you can definitely go to a nice little spot maybe and you'll see a pop up tent next door to it. If, if it's at like a, a cafe or maybe a bar that does not serve out uh, serve food, that they'll have a tent. And trust me, go meander to those tents because those little local spots do some of the best, the best barbecue. Yep. 
Agreed. We have we don't have as many as there, I'm sure, but we have a few of those places around town that kind of pop up in a parking lot somewhere, and usually those are the best places to go. And then after a while, they get a spot um, mm-hmm. and start a regular place. And then sometimes it goes downhill once they start mass producing it. You yeah. should go back to the parking lot and just make <laughs> that one thing. Wings on Saturdays. It was the best wings you could ever get anywhere on Saturdays. Um, but if, do you have a uh, a go to thing that you get when you go for barbecue? Is it brisket or ribs or, or what is it man it's everything so i usually go get the the chopped brisket um i'm sorry the sliced brisket in a sandwich because if you get chopped it's just it's all in little pieces the slice you get maybe three or four slices it stays in the hamburger bun and i definitely get a pile of uh rings onion rings on it but not like the fried onion rings like the fresh pickles and make sure have enough barbecue sauce i'm a condiment freak so I got to have my barbecue sauce, hot sauce, and whatever size that I get on it. But yeah, that's my go-to, the uh, sliced barbecue brisket sandwich. Nice. I think it, it might be lunch for both of us right after this episode. <laughs> I didn't eat yet, so uh, this is getting me psyched up for that. And I don't eat much meat, maybe like once a month, if that. Um, but it's usually when I eat it, I go to a place that has closed down. Like I said, they should have stayed on a corner. But yeah. I would just – it was a pile of meat. I would just get there. It was like the sampler thing, and I could get like three meals out of this thing, but I would just sit there until I got the itis from eating too much meat. Um, <laughs> so I will eat meat, but it's got to be some bomb – can't yeah. say what I bomb butt meat yeah, <laughs> for me to do yeah. it. Totally. And on vacation, if I came to Texas, I, I might eat it every day while I was I'll, there. I'll get you a Texas barbecue roadmap to hit up all the great local spots. So we have a, nice. good, a lot of a lot of good restaurants here. Yeah, yeah. And I would love to a uh, Houston, nothing but good things about there, which we're gonna talk about. Uh you do you do have a pet, Tito, like you said, your dog who come is your companion and doing a lot of things. Uh he can't ride a bike. You go hiking with him? Did you say that? He does, uh, he does have his own bike buggy. I got him a bike burly he sits in and it's actually made for a little child. And uh, there was one up for sale cause they're kind of expensive. They're like at least $300 that's made especially for a dog. But there was this neighbor that was trying to get rid of it for 20 bucks and I was like, it was big enough for him. So I attached the little bike buggy to the back of my wheel. Like if I was gonna uh, haul a kid and I would just put him in there and it has a little like plastic thing. If we've gotten caught in the rain before, it keeps him dry. But I, of course, <laughs> I get wet. But, you know, uh, but yeah, he uh, when we go out on the trails, I usually go to Austin, Texas um, and uh, Pacepin Park is a beautiful place. That was the last time I uh, really took him out there to go just ride and he'll he'll run right behind me in my wheel. Also, uh, Smithville, Texas, Rocky Hill Ranch is one of the the main hotspots for mountain bikers that have races there. Double Lake Recreation is ab- is about an hour north of it. Of us, it's part of the Huntsville State Park, uh, Sam Houston State Park, um, and so uh, Sam Houston is is one of one of the leaders of, of Texas and and became the leader of Houston. So that's kind of a little history. Um, but yeah, Sam Houston is about an hour away, and and they have a big just forest area. And here in Houston, we have what is called Memorial Park is is kind of in our central area. And we have one of the largest green spaces in America. Uh, it, it stretches really far. I want to say it's bigger than um, than uh, Central what, uh, in New York, what, whatever, uh, Central Park, whatever it's called. Uh, it's one of the largest in America. Not a lot of people know that. 
um, and it stretches super long and we have trails and right now they're building a land bridge that goes over Memorial Drive, which is one of the main streets that gets through town. So, but yeah. Huh. That sounds awesome. And we'll talk about, maybe I'll look up while we're going here, the criteria for that. It's a, it's a park, one of the biggest parks within a city. Is that the criteria? Correct. Yeah. And, and that stretches from, um, a little bit, I want to say, well, a lot of bit of, uh, west of downtown, but I want to say it's only maybe a three minute drive west of downtown and you take Memorial drive and it's right off of Memorial park. And it has been owned by uh, a family in Houston from, from when, uh, a Houston was, was originated and they put in a clause, you know, um, in the family clause and to, to not, to, to keep it open to the public. Right. So because if you sell land, it's private. Right. So they wanted to keep it within the city for everybody to uh, to enjoy. So that's that's one of the, the main historic things. And that's what's probably kept the uh, the green space up, because, you know, of course, when you have a big city, you have businesses that want to come up, especially these big skyscrapers right behind me. So um, but that that's a really good preservation. And we have a conservation. It's called the, uh, the Arboretum that conserves the uh the park make sure everything's growing well puts up cool little hiking sections you can go in hike i, I believe you could hike for free or you just pay like a two dollar day pass it's super cheap um and you can hike within that uh memorial park area bring your dogs too so huh that's really awesome you can take yeah. tito over there i'm sure it's a great amenity in the real estate closer to that the closer you get to it maybe it's it costs more and that sounds awesome. And we'll talk about it a little bit more here in a bit. Uh, what did you mention? You said you had the dog. We said no kids and not married, single and ready to mingle. Um, <laughs> and we'll talk about the nightlife maybe here in a bit of the what yeah. to do. But I don't see nightlife under your hobbies. So I'll read off your hobbies here. Cycling, yoga, salsa dancing. So that's kind of nightlife there. Salsa dancing, mm -hmm. competitive cycling, sleeping, reading. I like the sleeping one. Uh, and yeah. overcoming challenges on a daily. We all do that. That, especially as realtors, I'm sure. Um, so tell me about salsa dancing. You always been a dancer? Um, yeah, I started, man, like five years ago. It seems like it was like a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, I, I just totally enjoyed it. I always had uh, a little itch to learn the basics, right? And I was dating a lady and she had wanted to learn together, you know, as a couple. And I was like, I just said yes to her and she's like, great lesson starting in a couple of weeks. And I totally forgot about it until like two days prior. She reminded me, Hey, you know, like lessons, they're going to start on Thursday. They're, and I'm like, what? I'm like, I said yes to that. <laughs> she said, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, now I gotta go, which is fine. You know, I totally went and, and I stepped into it and I saw it as a challenge and um, I became actually pretty good. And, and we have what is called the Houston Salsa Congress, which is one of the largest uh, dance expos in the city, if not the country, which everyone from around the world, not just the country, come up to Houston at the West End in uh, Memorial City area and just have a four day dancing extravaganza from workshops to just uh, our socials start from 8 p.m. till 5 a.m dancing straight and uh in between the days there's the workshops and all different types of workshops not just salsa but then there's bachata there's the cha-cha-cha there's kazomba and all these other crazy cool dances and there's leaders that go in and 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 teach as a class and then about from six to eight are performances 
So, so that's, that's where we perform. And I was able and lucky enough to be picked by my dance studio to perform at this big uh, salsa Congress. And I performed in front of at least 500, 500 people on a stage. And to be able to perform, we learned uh, a two minute dance dance routine, dance recital sounds like I'm in fourth grade again, <laughs> but a dance routine. And that usually takes about three months to do a two minute dance routine with a partner and different individual that we call them shines or step routines that we do ourselves. And so that that's pretty amazing too. So that was fun. So on dancing with the stars, when they learn a new dance, like every week, that is pretty nutso that they're doing that. Yeah. When they compress that into a week or I would say two weeks, that's just full throttle. You'll you're learning like at least 10 hours. Um, you know, maybe eight hours, but yeah, those, those two minute, three minute routines, you know, to get really prepared, that took us three months. And, you know, we're, we're the, uh, we're the student dancers. We were kind of the new, the new one, the newbies that coming into the studio to present, you know, uh, the, the student dance team. So that, that's what we were. So fun. And it's interesting. So you are Latino background, obviously. Um, yes. So you didn't, but this is a recent thing. It's not like this is something your parents or, or whatever did. No, no. Yeah. My background is Mexican American. Um, but yeah, this, this is something I, I picked up from along the way and just, you know, I, I, I believe every, everyone should have a skill in dancing. If, you know, say you're at a party, if you're at a wedding, especially weddings, they, they put on salsa dancing and it's a fun thing. But when someone actually knows the basics and the steps and how to stay on time and rhythm, then I think that's a really good skill to have. So, yeah, it is always nice to have at least one little dance move. You can. Everybody's got like one thing they can break out every yes. time they get More into a dancing situation. Whatever. <laughs> Do my one move and then I'm out. That's right. <laughs> Thank right. you. Good night. And then before we move on to Houston, I gotta ask you because I'm a mountain biker, obviously, and a lot of people know me for mountain for rock climbing, but mountain biking is my first love. Um, I know side, I was without my bike for nine months because I was waiting for a part, uh, no. but we won't get into that. I was really, <laughs> really dying. So my rock climbing went up, but I was dying. So I have it back now. But um, so you are mountain biking there. Is it like single track rail trails? What, what are you doing? Um, so the Memorial Park is single track and is it's two way, which is a little scary, you know, but we, we try to stay in, in one direction. Um, so Memorial Park has some really good trails. You could hike and bike there. Um, and there's also uh, Terry Hershey Park, which is out by the Energy Corridor. It's the west part of Houston. Um, and there's another little section where they, um, they, you could hike and bike there as, as far as trails. Um, I want to say it's just big enough for single track. Um, I haven't been there in a while. I know they had changed up. We have a lot of uh, dams here because we have a lot of the irrigation and erosion and stuff. So they did a lot of work. Last time I heard, they're still riding out there. It's called the Ant Hills because there's these little like BMX kind of jumps that look look like hills. And and then we have um, oh shoot, um, I'm sorry, uh, Brook, uh, not Brooks. Um, my my mind is blanking. My mind is blank. But it's it's in this uh, south side. Of, it's in Santa Fe, Texas, and. Um, and I'm trying to remember the name. I, I used to go train on there a lot. It, it's by League City. It's south of League City, Santa Fe. And um, and I really wish I can remember it. But that's another section where you can take your mountain bikes. And that's also more like big enough for uh, Jack Brooks. That's what it's called. Jack Brooks Park. 
And, um, and so that's big enough for a single track. So, so that was where kind of where I started cycling in the beginning. And, uh, yeah. So, but then again, in Huntsville state park, that's where you can spread out. It's, you know, it, it's two way it's big enough for, you know, two, three cyclists to go, uh, bigger, you know, bigger acreage and all that. So. Yeah. Gotcha. The bi-directional ones, the single track ones, are they, uh, is that like a engineered by IMBA or, or what is uh, by a club locally or. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gets taken care of by uh, Gorba. Uh, Gorba is the greater off-road um, recreation bike biking association, I think, or it's a, it, it's pretty much, they take care of the Houston trails. And so um, I pay a fee, you know, to be a member of it. And those fees go to, you know, keeping the, the equipment up, keeping the trails groomed, any type of legislation, say the city want, wants to come in and do X, Y, and Z to the trails. You know, we got to make sure that it's, it's in the best interest of both parties. So, but yeah, that, that, yeah. that's good. Uh, and indeed uh, to, for, for, uh, for them to, you know, keep the trails well, well groomed and everything. Yeah, we have the same thing here, Samba, Susquehanna Area Mountain Biking Association. And then they're affiliated, and you might be too, with IMBA, who is kind of the overseer. And if you need an engineer, oh, yeah. they're the kind of the ones that send an engineer to build a new new trails or whatever. But I'm also a member. I pay the money. Do you ever go to the work days? I'm always like, I need to go to those work days and lend uh, a hand. But I know. <laughs> to, to be honest, I've tried. I Maybe a couple of years ago, even during the pandemic last year, um, I would just go out there with some loppers and, you know, I'm by myself, I'm outside I'm with my dog. So, you know, it's perfect time. I did a lot of grooming and trimming and cause that's all we had to, that's all I did. And I was on my mountain bike or road bike. And, um, and we just kind of, I just did it myself. I, I, you know, let the trail steward know what I was doing, how many hours I was going to be there and, and what I did. So, so yeah. Nice. Well, you did something. That's more than me. I think I pushed, I pushed a tree over once cause it was about to fall right on. And I kind of like yeah. got it and pushed it over a dead one. It was kind of fun. I don't know if you're allowed to do that technically, but I did it. Whatever. <laughs> I do need to get on that pater. It's called pater. So just to get, get that trail work done. So nice. Yeah. So here I will, uh, and we'll talk about the landscape here actually as the first thing, but before we do that, and I got to click share screen and bring this in here, I got to bring up my map. So everybody knows where Houston is before we start talking about what it's like there. Everybody can see my, uh, Google globe here and you can see the pin of Houston and it's right there on the Gulf of Mexico in Texas, of course. And what's this bay here? What's that bay called? Or is that a bay? What is that? Uh, I believe that's Matagorda. Okay. Yeah. Well, Galveston Bay. Galveston, Trinity. Yeah, Galveston yeah. Bay. There's Matagorda somewhere. But yeah, the main the main one is Galveston Bay. Um, is where the kind of where the uh, the fish markets are at. Kima. That's kind of close where I grew up in Clear Lake. Clear Lake's only about a good ten minute drive from from Kima. That's where all the the you know the fish market boats come in to um, to unload all the all the seafood they got for the day and great restaurants, a uh, lot of, lot of rebuild, you know, of course we, we, we have our weather here and, and, uh, we were just talking about earlier the hurricane season. So that, you know, we're, we're not, um, we, we could definitely rebuild, uh, buildings really quickly here. So, 
<laughs> That's good to know. And yeah. there's been a lot of construction in Texas in general. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and I will read the blurb here. Actually, it is like you touched on it a little bit. You have a little bit nicer weather than we have here right now. It's 73 degrees going by the Googles. It is cloudy there right now, it says, but 73 degrees, which is definitely a good 20 to 30 degrees warmer than it is here right now. You are an hour behind us. Um, and the quick facts little blurb from Google goes as such. Uh, Houston is a large metropolitan well, I knew I even read this beforehand. I knew I was going to mess it up. Houston is a large metropolis in Texas extending to Galveston Bay. It's closely linked with the Space Center Houston, the Coastal Visitor Center at NASA's Astronaut Training and Flight Control Complex. The city's relative Relatively compact downtown includes the theater district, home to the renowned Houston Grand Opera, and the historic district with 19th century architecture and upscale restaurants. Does that sound... I forgot about NASA. Um, yeah. Is that something... Do you... Do, like, launches happen there? Um, no, the launches happen in the uh, Cape Cod. I'm sorry, not Cape Cod. Cape Canaveral. Um, right. In Florida. Yeah. And so Mission Control is nasa so that's where they they do all the controlling you know to the shuttle and all the communications and i grew up uh not even one long road off of nasa that's where my folks live and so um you know being in a a you know uh aeronautical you know um space type environment i i loved it you know i always would go visit the the nasa johnson space center is what it's called and they have this cool little, you know, things for kids and take your families out there. They had the, you know, actual shuttle on on the property where you can view it from the road. They also have tours out there, rockets. They have some rockets out there. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty neat to, you know, say I grew up next to NASA and I knew uh, families with their parents either as astronauts or, uh, working in mission control, I have some friends from church who are, uh, are are also mission control employees, and you know they they talk about space all the time. And I'm not a big space guy; I just like the idea of it, you know, from afar. But they they I always like to call them every now and then just to get an update of like the space program and what they're doing next. And you know, and and of course they love to geek out on it and talk my ear off, which I'm okay with too. So. <laughs> They might be getting job offers from private companies soon. All those yeah. people, there's there's competition for NASA these days. Might even be better funding in other places. Yeah. But um, so this kind of is going to lead into my first question here about the landscape. Is is there a reason it's there? Is it really flat and there's good for communication because there's no mountains blocking anything? Or what's the yeah. what's the landscape like? Is it flat? Obviously, yeah. you're talking about mountain biking, so there's some kind of hills yeah. or, or something around. Yes, unfortunately, Houston is flat. Maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. I love hills and mountains, but yeah, we're we're pretty flat. Um, where I'm at in Houston Heights, uh, the reason why it's called the Heights is it's 23 feet higher than downtown. So, um, which is great when we have hurricanes and floods and everything. Um, our big, our last big flood was uh, Hurricane Harvey that flooded. It was our 500 year flood. Um, that occurred in 2017 and it, uh, but my area did not flood. Um, the streets were flooded, but the houses were okay. Uh, but the landscapes, you know, uh, we touched on a little bit about it. It has a lot of erosion, a lot of sand kind of 
it's not really dirt it's more like a sand um type feel to it and and yeah there's there are certain types uh different areas here like the memora park you know we have these small little hills but nothing to say oh wow that was a big you know climb or anything um uh, but once you go east towards austin then that's where you get a lot of the elevation more of the hill country san antonio north of san antonio uh then that's when you get more of the the long stretches of maybe a three four hundred foot climb on a hill or something like that so but that for makes the sense because you mentioned you go mountain biking in austin or something right yeah yeah but you know here it's in houston it's more you know cross country the flatland and and you know our trails are great so we, we try to put little obstacle things in it and you know we'll put a little log in front of it so you can just bunny hop of it bunny hop of it and and um but yeah i mean it's it's still fun you know we, we have a great time and and uh but yeah for the most part houston is flat and then what are the trees like? Is it like palm trees? Is it like beachy kind of thing? Or what are the trees and the shrubbery like? I, Tropical yeah. in nature? Or? I want to say they're like pine trees, you know, because we get a lot of the pine needles. Uh, we have a lot of oak trees here. Um, and yeah, so in the Huntsville State Park, you get a lot of the pine, a lot of the oak, mainly more of the pine. And in, in this neighborhood, it's a lot of oak, a lot of oak okay. trees. But yeah, so, and then, similar, like, so you do have the big trees like that's my gripe in Florida. You can't even go hike it. There's no place to oh, hike yeah. at all. Everything's just open. Even the trees they have don't really block much and everything's low lying. And there's so you're kind of in a, a nicer, hotter climate, but you still have the benefit of these big, yeah, big trees that we have in the north, too, I guess. With the shade too covering us. I love to be in the shade when it hits 95 degrees. And I, I usually try, try to start my my bike rides in the morning because once it hits eight or nine forget it it's already about 85 90 degrees humidity and and you're suffering so yeah being in the shade is it definitely helps well that's a perfect segue into what's the weather and climate like so you yeah. touched on it gets a little bit hot you're down there i mean almost as south as florida you are south with florida right so it's 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 hot there year round yeah yeah and i was looking at it we get about 105 days of 90 90 degree plus weather okay um so i mean i i love the hot weather i'm acclimated to it already um and and the the climate is a humidity which i like as well it's not dry and and really for somebody to come and visit for an experience ex, uh, extended period of time I would probably get some dry fit clothes that, you know, if, if they get wet or sweaty that, you know, it, it'll be okay versus cotton. Um, a lot of like, you know, my pants and, and my jerseys or my workout clothes are, are that dry fit material, you know? Um, and yeah, the weather's great here. I mean, you know, even right now, even December, you know, we're still in the seventies. I think we're supposed to get a, a a cold front but you know it, it really doesn't get back as cold you know like so what it'll be like 63 yeah. or something yeah that that's our cold front yeah so but it, it gives us a great break from the heat which i like as well so yeah that's great and then what about you touched on hurricanes obviously you do get hurricanes yeah is it a frequent thing is it something that you have to worry about a lot do you have insurance for that type of thing yeah yeah the flood insurance companies you know um which which we can identify wherever you're thinking about buying i can i can see where where you're at on the map on a flood zone if you're in a flood plain flood zone there's a hundred year flood 
there's a 200 year flood and a 500 year flood. Um, and so those ranks in different layers. And so depending on where you want to buy or sell, we have to provide, you know, a, a flood type uh, informative sheet that, yeah, we are in a flood zone. These are the addendums that you know about and making sure the buyer and the seller know uh, about the transaction, the level of, of where they're at. Um, but yeah, we have floodplains here. We have the homes. We have a dam, the Barker uh, Barker Dam that um, that that lines the area. There, there are homes back there, but um, again, you know, it, it it good irrigation out here. You know, good irrigation. Um, the hurricane season starts, I believe, in August. Is what we talked about August, and then kind of the beginning of the summer, and it ends at the end of November. So those times, you know, um, my area, the Houston is, 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 does a really good job of informing, you know, reminding us community members that heck, you know, like, okay, we're a month prior to hurricane season, get your batteries, get your, you know, uh, charge everything, have, you know, your, your plan to evacuate if you need to. Um, and my big, or during hurricane Harvey, the 500 year flood, um, it, it flooded everywhere. Every, when I'm talking about everywhere, it flooded everywhere. So I was still above ground and I had a Jeep that sat about a good, I want to say foot to foot and a half. So I went around to just see, make sure everyone was good. You know, I didn't go into any deep water that I thought was, was, uh, unsafe, but, um, I knew some friends from college who needed to get out of their homes that were stuck in the water, literally sitting in the water because we had the coast guard come out and you know rescue these these folks out of their homes and so they were on the list but they were waiting for hours you know there's so many boats so what i did was i just went out and i saw this guy that we still talk to today and he had one of those orange rescue boats that he was pulling and i flagged him down i was like hey man where are you going he's like i don't know i just seeing if anybody needs it so i said look i know a whole neighborhood that needs it he goes, okay, let's go follow me. We went to the neighborhood. I parked my car in a high piece of ground property and we dropped that sucker in this road that usually is busy. That was underwater. And we motored up onto like as many neighborhoods or as many homes as we can get. And uh, we had to break down a fence to get through it, but we res we rescued, I don't know, like 12, 15 houses before, you know, Coast Guard actually came in and, and got more people out. So Wow. So with hurricanes and extreme weather like that, how does that affect the construction of the houses? Do you have shutters that close? Do you have basements, that kind of thing? Yeah, no, we don't have basements. That, that'd probably be the worst thing because that'd make the, the house flood. But um, now what people are doing is they're lifting their homes up, you know, an extra two to three inches, sometimes four. And in the bad areas that really flooded, they're they're like at least five or six feet high. Like, so, um, but yeah, I mean, that was the 500 year flood. I mean, we have, you know, uh, contingencies here on, on how to help mitigate that. They, they passed a, a bond, a flood bond to help improve the irrigation on the streets, which has been going on now for three or four years now, which, you know, they're actually doing something about it to help the flow of the water when it does rain for, you know, a period of time um, to help combat that. So. What about the construction of the houses themselves? Like in Florida, I see a lot of like like block being used and stucco and there's this kind of like hot climate way of building houses, which here in Pennsylvania, it's all stick built. Nothing's being built with any cinder blocks and drive it or stucco 
run yeah. for the hills. I don't want to see it anywhere if possible. So what's the construction of, of like the structure like? Yeah, sure. Well, most of them are, are either on pier and beam or foundation. And so, yeah, we do have the shutters. Like my folks, uh, my folks house, they have a option where we can put a board over and the shutters to, to kind of nail it tight for, you know, the windows don't be broken. Um, so yeah, there, there are homes set up for that. And and for the foundation, they, they've had been lifted and on pier and beam, so it's a little bit higher to, to keep them off the uh, off the ground if, if there was a, a chance for a flood. So. And then any winter at all? Do you get snow, sleet, freezing rain, hail, yeah. any kind of uh, frozen substance falling from the sky ever? Oh my gosh. So we had our uh, another incident, uh, a freeze, our Texas freeze that happened in February. And I... I, I was aware, but either I forgot because I was getting a house under contract and we, our Texas, our power grid failed because it was so cold. And we're, I think it was all over Houston and surrounding areas. And we didn't have power for four days and it was on and off, on and off. And it busted a lot of people's pipes. Um, and so that, that would maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing to help because a lot of the homes here have been either around the 1900s built and that, you know, they haven't been restored. So, uh, but yeah, that, that was our, our major winter, um, storm and, and the power grid shut down. So I did see a, a report somewhere in the news that they're getting ready to, to help, or at least, uh, have a plan for when it does get cold or the improvements from, from this past year's uh, winter winter storm that we had, but yeah, we do get we do get uh, you know ice and sleet and and hail a lot of hail and um, and some snow some snow to stick around. But yeah, that weekend that it froze, it was a lot of snow, and I have video on that on my on my IG and in my Facebook. Well, at least like you said, at least it's on their radar pun intended that it yeah. could happen. It's not like it could never happen or never get that cold. Now they have some kind of uh, plan in place for it, hopefully. Um, but I'm guessing still in places like that, when it snows or something, they just shut everything down. Not like here where life goes on, nothing stops oh. unless it's a certain amount, but places like that have probably, everybody stopped doing what you're doing. So what is actually, that's a good segue into the commute. So uh, how, how far are people driving usually? And do people that work in Houston live in Houston or are they living in the suburbs or tell us about the commute in general? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the commute here, usually a lot of folks live out in the suburbs, which is, uh, you know, during more, um, rush hour, you know, either morning or afternoon, it's a good hour. You know, you want to leave an hour prior because a, a regular commute would take about 25 to 35 minutes without traffic. Um, and, and of course, rush hour is, is way different. So I would, I would buffer 45 minutes to an hour prior if you needed to either drive in the city or out of the city. Um, and the local travel, I try to stay within my bubble of city. We have uh, the loop which is the 610 loop, which is a smaller loop. And it goes all around the city. It's just a big, a big loop. And it's 610 loop. I try to stay within that loop. I, you know, my, I buy groceries in the loop. I eat, you know, and I do all my extracurricular <laughs> activities. And then we have the beltway, which is the, the tollway, which is a larger loop that encompasses more of the city. And um, I also sell that uh, out there as well. 
Um, and that is just a, another big loop that will connect you to wherever part of the city that you're looking for. And the local travel within the city, we have these cool little uh, hike and bike trails where you can uh, commute on bike if you live close enough. Um, or maybe if you live, I would say, 10 miles away from your, from your work, if you can definitely ride a bike. You know, we have some really great uh, bike paths at the city put in about a good five years ago that have still been adding on. They're digging out a lot more hike and bike trails that are extending a little bit farther northeast to the northeast side. And then that'll drop you right into the city, like literally right into downtown. You take one path from the northeast side and it stretches now 12 miles north and then it'll drop you in. And of course, there's these cool little exits where it's like exit to Washington Street, exit to this side of town. So, you know, so you can have a nice little commute. So commuting by bike is still possible. Uh, but yeah, the, the commute by, by vehicle, by, by car uh, is, is, you know, pretty rough because we are the fourth largest city um, that is really busy. So I was going to say it's a pretty large city, so it makes sense. It doesn't seem too crazy for, you know, 30, 40 an hour to get somewhere. That doesn't seem too crazy. And the bikes everywhere is getting more bike friendly, especially with the e-bikes coming along and people commuting with the e-bikes. The e I haven't caved and gotten one yet, but I've heard a couple of hardcore mountain bikers because yeah. they're. I was thinking like, I'm not getting that some sissy stuff uh but they're like no dude it, it's fun too because it makes you like superman and you can go out on the trail and like just ride up the mountain like it's nothing and you can still yeah. barrel down and you could do 100 miles in a day instead of maybe doing the 20 or 10 or whatever so um that sounds super great uh what about public transportation buses trains subways any of that kind of stuff going yeah good question yeah we do have a big uh bus transportation it's called metro metro uh bus and it definitely cycles throughout the uh the city and when i was living in clear lake getting my second degree we have a bus station that is you can park your car there if you live out in the suburbs or outside the city that you want to get in you park your car and in the mornings of course they have more buses rotating in the in the mornings to shuttle whoever that needs it in the mornings. I think they, it runs every eight minutes and then later in the day, it'll, it'll get longer. Um, so that's a really good idea if someone's coming in and wants to live, you know, get more space, get more dollar for their buck and get a bigger home and they, they don't want to live in the city. You have the, the, the bus system to shuttle you, you know, from the outside of Houston into, you know, your, your work, it'll drop you into downtown. There's different connections. You can walk across the street to wherever. So that's that there's that option. We also have the Metro rail, which has been around for a little while. Um, and it's, it starts, well, it, it starts at the medical center and it goes all the way up. And that's where I used to actually get my second degree. And I would get dropped off at the bus station, walk two blocks, hop on the train to get into the medical center. And so, I mean, I, I think my, my whole fare was maybe like $3 for that day, you know, um, but it's very reasonable. And that train uh, will stretch from all throughout downtown through the east side. And then there's one little connection. You could take that up to the University of Houston. And if, if you know, say you're going to school and then you want to, you know, you need to go to work, you can take that train either downtown or wherever you work close to the, the rail line. So yeah, they they are uh, they are they, the train system is really great, and I hear that they're trying to get a, a bullet train started. Um, I don't know 
uh, when that's like across happen, all of Texas. I want well from Dallas to Austin to Houston. Um, and I've been hearing stories of that. Uh, I really wish they would start that because, you know, I, I'd love to go to Austin, um, maybe Dallas, but I'm not a Dallas fan of any sports, but <laughs> that's another conversation, but, um, cause we're rivals, you know, Houston and, and Dallas, but, um, but yeah, it, that's what I hear. So hopefully stay tuned and, and, uh, have something hopefully different to report next time we meet. Huh? Well, somebody has to pay for it. So if it's a public works thing, you're going to pay for it. Um, And if it's private, hopefully it's private. So, but then you're going to have to pay to use it. I guess you would pay to use it either way, but all right. Well, so who are, or where are the people commuting to? What are the major industries, employers? You mentioned a medical center and we all have medical centers and expanding medical centers everywhere. Uh, I mentioned you went to the university of Houston. So obviously you have that university and probably other colleges and things. Uh, and NASA, you mentioned NASA. So what else is there? Corporate headquarters? Uh, is it a port city? Uh, logistics? What's Where's everybody working? Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that you brought up port because we import export industry is huge, um, especially, you know, the Channel View area and different parts where, you know, um, kind of in the backside of, I want to say Kima, on the east side of that, there's a there's a huge port that just it's a it's a big industry there. Uh, primarily, we're energy and oil and gas industry, uh, particularly oil and um, and a lot of the big uh, campuses like the Exxon's and everything and and um, Marathon Oil. I mean, they're big campuses are either in the Woodlands, Texas, or in the Energy Corridor, which we that's coined mainly a lot of the energy, the the oil and gas energy. Uh, big campuses are there. Uh, that that have their employees there and then there's a great community that lives right behind it um so it backs up it's off of i-10 which is the main uh interstate that stretches from i want to say the west coast of the country to the east coast of the country it stretches as long as super far so um and also healthcare uh which is my first career and we have one of the largest healthcare facilities here a lot of people from all over the world uh, come down and get treated, whether it's cancer, orthopedic, uh, respiratory, anything under the sun. We have the one of the best healthcare facilities, also biomedical research um, and different leading of, of that would, would be like amputation type um, limbs that, you know, either that are hooked into sensories in the body. Um, there's a lot of new developments on, you know, um, those kind of uh, biomedical uh, research that that have helped patients out and and get through uh, back up in life, and then also of course we talked about NASA. The aerospace indus- industry is is really big here. So a lot of people from all over, like it's in, in the suburbs that you know uh, that I want to live out there. We you know bigger house, bigger space. They definitely commute in into those areas. So and what about tourism any tourism going on at all it's obviously oh, a little yeah. bit better weather than here so if i could see people coming from here to there maybe yeah we had the tourist industry is amazing here i mean even even to the when you look up you know people say oh i don't want to go to the touristy spots i just go one of the local spots the local spots are the touristy spots right and we they they're they're set up in a way to where you feel at home you feel part of the city right um, we have over 70 different cultures in our city. We're one of the most diverse 
uh, cultures. And when I went to University of Houston, there was over 30 cultures. It probably grew then. Uh, I graduated more than 10 years ago. But uh, as far as the tourists, I mean, when people come visit, they come visit for, you know, they, they want to visit the bay. You know, we have Kima, the boardwalk. They want to go to Galveston. Um, and if, if, you know, if he, if he still had the boardwalk there, Tim and Fertitta built a, a great touristy spot there. Um, the local restaurants, you know, when they come into town, they, they can just dine in any restaurant, you know, I would choose a local spot versus, you know, the, the, the chain ones, but, um, and the, the, we have one of the largest sh uh, shine, uh, shopping, um, shopping centers here. It's called the Galleria. And the Galleria has over, I want to say, 300 stores. And it has an ice skating rink inside. So if you want to do some ice skating, uh, you could definitely do that. So interesting stores. Uh, either if you, know, if you want to go to the local spots for either fine dining, casual dining, or patio cafes, we have it all. And uh, we touched a little bit about the arts in the museum district. We almost have, we have one solid museum district that stretches so many blocks here and it's called the museum of fine arts the mfa and they usually present a lot of the uh you know the upcoming art that travels all around the country or the world um and we have also the um health and medical uh the health museum also that that it introduces you know we had the body works on what they would actually have real cadavers out there that looks you know what what looks looks look like inside of a body um, and we had the Arboretum, the plant museums and everything. And then we have a second little, I wouldn't say a museum, but more of a district that's close. It's called the, uh, the Sawyer Yards, and it's off of Summer and Winter Street. And it, there are these big silos that have been reconstructed, reconstructed into these studios where artists will rent a space and you know do their thing do their arts do their jewelry do mixed media and once a month and i only live like three minutes north of here i can ride my bike there once a month they'll they'll open up their doors i believe it's the second saturday and it's it's usually from one to five and they'll open up their doors and present their art whatever they're working on and and you know do more of like a local art market fair and I've, I've, I can't go there anymore because I will buy tons more art. Like all of my walls are filled. Like I've got paintings right now sitting on the, on the floor waiting to get tacked up. So, but anyone interested in that, the art scene is big, the eateries, the business, everything. I mean, we just have it all here. So. And then what about vacations? Let's start with a uh, dry. Obviously you got an airport, a huge airport. Everybody yep. flies through there to go everywhere else. So if you were to go somewhere else, you can fly easily from there. Um, but if you are driving to a vacation, where are you going usually? So yeah, in Houston, um, in, in my area, we had these historic homes, these bed and breakfasts, and sometimes the Airbnbs around here, and they look like these beautiful Victorian homes, right? Um, something you see out of out of a, a motion picture movie, and they're so well kept. So a lot of folks there, they'll come in and they will rent, you know, the B and, uh, the bed and breakfast or the Airbnb out for, you know, weekend. And they could either ride a bike, rent a bike, or, you know, get a cab out to downtown um, and, and, or, you know, either get a spot in the city, which, you know, uh, kind of back there, there's, there's these high rise, you know, the four seasons is great to, to, to get that feel of the city life. 
when you step out outside the street. Um, and there's also a uh, little bit outside the city. Like we talked about Huntsville State Park. You can definitely rent a cottage out there and, and kind of get lost in the in the forest. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of spots here to vacation, even down in Galveston, you could rent a, rent a beach house, you know, for the weekend for the family. And they're not just small little things. They, they're widespread. They have about four or five bedrooms and they're, they're built on stilts as like a normal beach house would be. And, you know, you could definitely rent jet skis to little fishing boats and all that. So those are some, some great options for Kima and then also Galveston Bay. So Nice. And you answered one of my questions was going to be, are there beaches to go to? So there are beaches where like a typical beach that people would picture. Oh close yeah. By. Yeah. So we have the, the popular ones called East beach. Do we have Jamaica beach? And those are the main spots that, you know, usually Mardi Gras will happen during Mardi Gras season. I believe what it's in February, March. And that's, well, people from the South, like that's our big thing. And they'll have a big, you know, festival and parades that go down the seawall. And the seawall is this long strip that lines the, the ocean. And, and then down there, it has this wall that keeps the water out, of course. And so then that's where the beaches are to, to go out and, and get a tan, enjoy the weather, enjoy the experience. So, yeah. That's great. You can hit up the trails or the beach within yeah. not very far. That's like the best of all worlds. And it's not cloudy all the time like it is here. Although I said it was cloudy today, but that's all right. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, last thing, uh, stadium. So what do you got? You have professional sports teams in Houston, obviously. So you got a bunch of stadiums to choose from if Justin Bieber or some big act comes to town. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We have the Reliance Stadium and NRG Park. So that's kind of the main hub, and that's where the Texans play. Um, and that's, you know, either if there's a sporting event, we had the, the Houston livestock show and rodeo is one of the largest livestock show and rodeo there is, I want to say in the country, um, the largest it, one is in Harrisburg. Oh, okay. Oh, is that, no, is that I don't know. Saying? I don't know that as a fact, but I know we have one of the largest one. People come okay, from all okay. around to our farm show complex. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to look that up. See who has a bigger one. Yeah, well, well, I'll get back to you, but it is a big deal. The Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo happens at the the stadium, the Energy Park, the the uh, Reliance Stadium, um, and you know we've got the shows, and you know all about it. You got the shows, you got the livestock carnivals is a big thing. Uh, we also had the Toyota Stadium, which is um, Toyota Center, which is also housed for the Houston Rockets, but also there's concerts in there, of course, uh, different conventions. And then we have George R. Brown convention is one of our largest ones. And that's just mainly used for like the expo, um, different types of business conventions. It can be broken up into different sections and that's within the city and downtown. Um, it's more on the east side of the downtown. And then we have Dynamo Stadium. We have uh, our MLS soccer stadium, which is which is a pretty neat setup. It's not like an outdoor, but an indoor. It's kind of like both so to speak. And so it gives that like outdoor feel and uh, it's very colorful. They're, they're orange and, and white. And that's kind of what the uh, stadium looks like. And then um, what else do we have? Toyota Center. And we talked about the G GRB is George R. Brown. Um, and I think that's it. I mean, like, you know, a lot of those stadiums house a lot of the concerts, a lot of the expos, you know, the livestock show and rodeo, everything that uh, Houston has to offer. So. Yeah. And like you said, we've said a few times, Houston's a pretty giant 
city. So there's plenty to do and you probably have no shortage of anything to do there. And once you start driving out of Houston into Texas, I'm sure that opens up a whole world of other things to do as well. And now we'll talk about whatever. The last thing people need to know if they're going to try to move there is what are they going to get for their money? Uh, Maybe we'll start with uh, what's an entry level kind of home start at there. Here, I'd say 250, 300 will get you kind of the entry level, one to two car garage, three to f- maybe four bedrooms on a 0.2 acre lot. What are they getting there for that? Or can they even get something for 300? Yeah, yeah. So good question because our our uh, average prices have, well, they're 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 about 377 right now. In the summer, they're about 395. They're they were pretty high. Um, it's dropped a bit, um, but you know, the market's still pretty strong. We still have low inventory, kind of what you're saying. Inventory is still super low. So if anyone's still, you know, look thinking about making a move and selling, now is the, is the time. So, um, but yeah, like, so around in this area, not so much because the average price is a little bit higher, but outside more of like in the suburbs where you can get more bang for your buck, um, probably between, you know, three to 325 can get you a nice three, two three, two bedroom. Usually the lots are around at least 5,000 square foot lot. And that, that, that'll get you, you know, something comparable to where that, that family, you know, if you're either have a family or looking to have one, that single family home feel with a nice yard space. Now, the more you get closer in the city, uh, you, you get less space. Of course, um, there's some spaces still left out there that you can get, you know, uh, a decent sized yard at around 5,000 to 7,500 square feet. Um, but the, the price jumps up a little bit. So um, just depending on where you're, you know, what area in my area, uh, the average price is around 330,000. Um, and that's, that's like, uh, that's without being updated. That's without being modern. If you want something updated and modern you're looking at you know 400 and up so which is still pretty affordable from what i've heard from people from california and new york that's you know definitely affordable yeah from california and new york everything is affordable and it doesn't it sounds pretty affordable compared to central pa too really um so it doesn't sound too bad what if somebody wanted like five ten acres wanted a bunch of land how far out could they get that kind of property within that like hour drive or would they have to go out further yeah i want to say a good 45 minutes an hour they can still get some acreage for an affordable price uh, i'm actually uh, working on a listing right now and and he has a little bit under you know two acres which you could definitely on on the three-quarter acre you could definitely build six townhomes excuse me six townhomes on that thing um so yeah and and he's only about less than 20 minutes away from the city and just around that pocket of area, uh, it's, it's in a city called Pearland, Texas, uh, which is, you know, not too far of a commute. It's about a 20 minute, less than 30 minute drive. But there are still acreages land there that are still pretty affordable that you can you can probably get under 500 K. Um, and and you can definitely build on top of that. A lot of the land here is unrestricted, so you can do whatever you want. Um, and and yeah they they, wasn't that part of a problem that there just was no zoning at all or something and there's things were happening and they were like well maybe we should have some rules there's still like no rules really yeah no um yeah there's there's zoning you know uh 
but there's there, that part of land, you know, unrestricted. You can do whatever you want. But yeah, there, there's zonings and different parts of the neighborhood and depending on what you want. Um, the current listing that I have now that it's under contract, um, there's no restriction. So if somebody wanted to come in and turn the house into a commercial space, that can definitely do that. Um, and that's only about eight minutes away from, from me, about eight minutes away from downtown. So sounds like a yeah. pretty sweet property. That's a yeah. nice listing. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, you. and then what about HOAs? Um, here we have HOAs, but they're nothing like Florida or these are Myrtle beach or somewhere where it's gated and they've got a golf course and a restaurant and a clubhouse. And the fee is like three, 400 bucks a month here. If you got an HOA, there are probably no amenities. It's just to take care of the uh, the monument sign at the entrance, maybe some common areas. If it's a townhouse, probably lawn and snow, um, 80 bucks to maybe 150 a month. If it's below 80, I'm asking questions. If it's above 150-ish, I'm probably asking questions. So tell me the, the HOA situation there and the yeah. gatedness or not gatedness. <laughs> Good question because, yeah, it depends on where you go. Like, so... So kind of in my uh, parents' neighborhood, it's really nice setup. You know, when you drive in, you 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 can just see everything well groomed. You know, so that HOA is is probably I want to say between you know it fluctuates between you know eight hundred to maybe eleven hundred a year. You know, um, and then you know inside the city, of course, it's not as much as HOA. Um, but the farther you go out, of course, you get more land and and dollar for your for your home. There will be some type of HOA. It, it I want to say it hovers probably between seven to you may be paying fifteen hundred for that. So, but yeah, I, I mean you know paying for for your neighbor to look nice to you know to all, all those nice amenities like you talk about the clubhouse, you talk about the the pools and the parks and somewhere to take your your child or children or you know your significant other. We have an abundance of parks here in Houston, so. Yeah. And I'm a fan of HOAs. I have people that balk at them. I, what do you want your neighbor painting their house bright pink? I mean, yeah. the rules are good for everybody. People don't leave their trash cans out in the front. I've been yelled at specifically for that before in an HOA, <laughs> leaving it out past the day of trash or whatever. I get that notice, but it keeps everything nice and everybody obeying the rules and, and whatnot. Um, and now before we close it out, we'll ask you a question that has nothing to do with real estate or Houston or anything else, but does have to do with you. If you could do any other thing, uh, have any other profession, what would it be? Oh, I love this question. Um, I would totally be some type of trail guide for a mountain bike trail and take a group out and do a camping session, you know, for four or five days or do a hiking bike, you know, where you take your mountain bikes and go through a trail out, you know, here we talked about Huntsville a lot. So I'm really familiar with the trails. You can camp here. So, you know, uh, take a group out to go camping and, and, you know, for, you know, three, four hours at a time, then we go back to the campsite. There's places where you can canoe, have a good time and then do it all over again or set up a campfire and then do it all over again the next day. So, you know, that, that was something that I would love to do. Um, you know, do that and, and be, a uh, an animal rescue leader or own some kind of animal rescue sanctuary where, uh, house all the stray, whatever, you know, um, to, to help them, you know, scoot them along or give them somewhere to live that's safe. So, yeah, you're speaking my language with the outdoor guiding thing. I'd be all about that. And I've done some in my 
time. And I still do some sometimes. And if you ever come up to Central PA, I'll hook you up with whatever kind of adventure you want to get hooked up with. Um, and I've never gone, though. Our local association does a bikepacking trip on uh, – there's a, one of the IMBA, the International Mountain Biking Association's epic trails that they name, like, certain ones around the world, epic trails. We have one here, um, and they do a bikepacking trip there. But I've never done it um, – so I don't, you'll have to, if you do one, you can let me know what it's like to ride a bike with a pack yeah. on. I don't think I really <laughs> want to. Plus I could do the whole trail they're doing in one day. So I don't, you're kind of like sleeping out there for no reason, but whatever. Right. <laughs> so uh, read your information aloud here so that anybody that might be listening rather than watching can jot it down if they need to. It will also be in the description, obviously, but say it aloud for everybody, your phone number and email and uh, website. Yeah. Everything. For sure, yeah. If anyone is thinking about making a move to Houston or out of Houston, please give me a call. If you just want to ask questions about the city, of course, and and a, a big thing is, you know, a lot of the questions are, you know, where is a good place to move? And well, you know, I definitely had to get to know more about you, your goals, your your family setup, or if you're a single person, you know, kind kind of your your interests, right? Um, and make sure that I can find the best spot that you may or may you know may like. And uh, we can schedule something out. My contact is 281-455-8412. My good email for me is Armando E at uh, 1868 at gmail.com. It's Armando E1868 uh, at gmail.com. And then my company uh, email is Armando uh, dot Espinosa dot exp realty.com. That'll definitely shoot it up to my other Gmail. But yeah, anyone thinking about making a move, the city's great. There's there's a lot of influx of people, interest coming here, and definitely the state. Um, I know Elon Musk just transferred all of his uh, his factories over here to Texas. Um, what's his name? Joe Rogan uh, moved it to Austin in Texas. So a lot of folks are, are coming this way. They're understanding the value of of the community, the land. You know, we have a lot to offer, especially Houston is, is very diverse, a lot of ideas, a lot of a lot of different things to live off from. So definitely appreciate you having me on, Derek. Yeah, thanks for being here. And if you want to join the the bigger pot, the biggest podcaster in the game, you can uh, join him in Texas, right? I think he's the biggest. Joe's the biggest podcaster yeah. or has the something. I know he has a giant contract with whatever sit with Spotify or something. Spotify, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so whatever. if you need to. <laughs> to hit up Armando. His information is on the screen. It's in the descriptions, or you can listen back, or you just Google them. Any of us realtors should be easy to find when you Google us. If not, uh, there is a problem. And contact me if you need to buy or sell a home in central Pennsylvania or anywhere in the world, and I can connect you with Armando or somebody wherever you need to move to. You can call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. We still need inventory. Not quite as badly, but still badly here in December 2021. I don't know about when you're watching this, uh, but reach out to one of us. Thanks for watching and listening, and say goodbye, Armando. All right, guys. This is Armando Espinosa from Houston, Texas, the Buffalo Bio City, Space City. Thanks for having me on. Goodbye, guys.